If you didn't bring a Bible with you this uh, morning, raise your hand. We have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. And uh, let's all go in the scripture to James 3 and Proverbs 18. James 3, Proverbs 18. In James 3 and verse 2, it says, In many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, we've all missed it in many things. But if you don't offend, if you don't miss it in what you say, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. He goes on talking about how that uh, you can control a horse with a bit. How you control a big ship with a rudder. And he says just what the, the bit is to the horse and the rudder is to the ship. Your tongue is to your life. I think if he was writing it today he might say like the steering wheel. In your car, your truck. Is it true that you can steer your life with your tongue? With what you say. Is it true? And one of the biggest indicators of whether we're carnal and spiritual and, and babies. Or whether we're growing up maturing perfected ones. Is how much we miss it in what we say. Is it possible to go all day today and not miss it in what you say? It is. Go all night. Go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And not miss it in what you say. Now, how many understand it's not going to happen by just saying everything that crosses your mind? Or by just saying everything that you feel or repeating everything you hear other people saying? You're going to have to watch your mouth and be selective. And think about what you're saying and think before you speak. Didn't the scripture say here in James as well that we are to be quick to hear? And what else? Slow to speak. And slow to get angry. Slow to wrath. And so one of the, big, one of the biggest things that would help us to get to growing in this area is just slow down on the talking. Hmm? Just talk less and of course everybody's going to do that today right <laughs> we're just going to cut our talking well, now see it's so easy to hear these things and nod and go yeah amen that's right glory to God and then just go out the back and just go right back to talking like you have for the last 30 years just because that's what you're used to it just you don't even think about it but do we want to grow up do we want to develop? Do we want our words to begin to carry more weight and more power and effect? Now, when you're standing over your baby and its brow is hot and there's problems and it's crying. And when you say fever, leave my child, you want your words to have power. But if you're yakking and saying a bunch of gossip on another afternoon and you don't want your words to have power. Well, it doesn't work. Hmm? See, we're sacrificing one with the other. You're either a person that your word carries weight, and that's all the time, or you're not all the time. So if we want our words to have power when it counts, we're going to have to work on it when other people think it doesn't count. You with me, friends? Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18 and 20. He said, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. How are you going to be satisfied? It's going to be by what your mouth produces. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. We must not talk lack and need. We should talk increase. And this is a great time. In the beginning of this year. To talk about what kind of year. This is going to be for us. Hmm? But before we'll see increase. In our lives. In our businesses. In our homes. In our finances. 
The increase will have to be in our lips. Hmm? Should you get stirred up right now? Talking about, oh, this is a good year. This is a good year. I'm telling you, things are already on the increase. Things are already in position to bring blessing into our life. I'm telling you, everything is getting caught up. Everything is getting paid up and paid off. Everything is increasing, increasing, increasing. The former and the latter rain coming at the same time. And the years that were lost restored. That's the kind of year we're having this year. And it's already in the works. I'm telling you, things are coming up, coming up, coming up. Blessing is coming on me. Blessings are are looking for me. They're headed to me. Coming on me. Catching me. (laughs) What if you talk like that all the time? Well, faith comes by hearing. If you heard that all the time, you'd just believe it more and more. You'd just get stronger and stronger at it. And if, any, and if you talk like that all the time, if somebody starts talking about how bad it is and how we ain't going to make it and how we're going to lose this and that's not going to work, man, it would just, it would startle you. You'd say, what? No, hush. No. No. Not in my life. No. Increase. Have increase in your mouth. Verse uh, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You're going to eat the fruit of what? Well, whatever you love to talk about. If you love to talk life, you're going to eat the fruit of life. If you love to talk death, you're going to eat the fruit of death. Now you want to say, well, love to talk death? All around you are people that love to talk death. They just like to talk. About how bad everything is. They like to. They're used to it. They've trained themselves in it. They've immersed themselves in it. Shake their heads. Mm. Man I I just don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what this country's coming to. I I don't know. You know. How are they going to make it with this. And and boy I sure hope they don't get in trouble. Building that new church down there. I mean they sure taking on something. And. uh, Man, I don't know reckon how much that's going to be and how much they got towards that. Now, whew, hope they don't get this church in a bind and, and hope they don't do this and hope they don't do that. Do people talk like this or not? All the time. I don't know what they're going to do down at the company. You know, I don't know what they're thinking in there and uh, the boss and, and the board and all them. They're just out of touch with reality. They're running this place in the ground. They're just running this place. And you work there? Do you want to continue to work there? <laughs> then, then why would you want to say, this place is going in the ground? This place is going down. Why would you want to say that? God will bless a place. Even with cussing. Huh? Ungodly folks. Involved in it. He'll bless it for your sake. We got examples in the scripture. Don't we? We got examples. How God blessed. Enterprises and businesses and situations. That were owned and headed up. By idol worshipers. Heathens. Ungodly as could be. But because of one of God's people. Were involved in it. And believed in him. He blessed the thing. And prospered it for their sake. As long as they were there. Because in the blessing of it. Was their blessing. So if you're going to be involved in something. Talk good over it. Um, Everything's got issues. And people make mistakes and problems. I mean where are you going to go. And where are you going to work. Where where there's not human beings involved. (laughs) That are saying and doing dumb stuff. And making mistakes. You're not going to find a place like that. So uh, you bring light to it yourself. Bring blessing and increase to it yourself. Even if they don't know these things. Don't push it off on them. You don't have to be vocal and pushy about it. But if somebody uh, 
that you're working with or somebody that's over you in a situation. They make some bad confession about sales or about projections or about production. Uh, then when you go around the corner, you go back to your desk, you go back to your workstation, under your breath you say, no, no. We'll have plenty of work. We'll have great sales. Huh? You know how to do that. They may not know. You do. You do. I see your face in here all the time. I know you've heard these things. I know you know these things. <laughs> so come on. Do what you know. And make your mouth do its duty. And put your words to work. For you and for them. Be a blessing to them. Be a bigger blessing to their enterprise than they even know. Because hmm? you're using your faith behind the scenes. And you're saying the right thing. Even when other people are saying the wrong thing, you're saying the right thing. And they don't believe in their words very much most of the time. And if you do believe in your words, then there's a fall to the ground and yours will carry weight. <laughs> Somebody say, thank you, Lord. And there's a number of folk. The Lord has you in that place just for that. They, they need you and they don't even know it. And he has you in that place, in that position to give him a, he, they have a good heart. They just, and there's some good things about them, but they're just so ignorant of God and of his things and the way so that his things work. And the Lord loves them and he wants to bless them. He wants to bring them into full salvation and full blessing. And so he got you in there. <laughs> To begin to, then you'll know the inside workings and, and you have a right to say and believe some things and it'll just give God more and more inroad into their stuff and their lives. Hallelujah. Next thing you know, they'll be joining you in making these confessions and, and believing the right thing. Would you turn here in Proverbs, go back to the sixth chapter, please. Chapter 6, Proverbs 6 and 2, he said, you are snared with the words of your mouth. You are taken with the words of your mouth. The word snare means to be caught, captured means to be trapped. Can your words trap you? Trapped by what you said. Proverbs 13, 13, 3. Proverbs 13, 3. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life. But he that opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Some folks teaching like this irritates them. And they go, ah, I was watching every word you say. That just puts me in bondage. I just... I'm just, I'm just going to say what I think. What I, yeah, just open wide your, your mouth and you'll have destruction. Just say whatever crosses your mind and feelings. But if you'll keep your mouth, what else are you keeping? You're keeping your life. You're keeping your life. In Proverbs 18, 18 and 7. Proverbs 18, 7, a fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. So many times folks think, well, it's this natural thing that's limiting me or that's trapping me. It's, it's these people or it's this situation or these circumstances or this lack or these symptoms that's trapped me, that's limited me that's holding me down, but it's being ignorant of spiritual forces. God is bigger than any of the, this lack or symptoms or circumstances, isn't he? And really the thing that has trapped these individuals is what's coming out of their own mouth. Because they're saying, I can't, and we don't have, and they won't let me, so we're not able to, so we'll never have. And they think the stuff and the people around them are trapping them. But according to the scripture, what's trapping them? Their mouth. What if they said, no weapon formed against me will prosper. I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me, I will have abundance. I have favor everywhere I go. Everything I need, the Lord will put in my hand. We will do this thing. It'll happen. What if he said it in the face of seeming impossible circumstances and problems? Well, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Then instead of your mouth being uh, trapping you and being your destruction, your mouth would deliver you. Proverbs 12.6. Proverbs 12.6. The words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright, what will happen? Shall deliver them. What will deliver the upright? Their mouth. The mouth of the upright shall deliver them. What does a fool's mouth do to him? It destroys him. Traps him. Catches him. Traps him. Destroys him. But the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Even if you had symptoms of bondage and and habits and addiction and everything else. We've learned how to say, the Lord has delivered me. The Lord has delivered me from all the power of darkness. He has delivered me. I'm free. I'm free from this. I'm, and you can say it when you don't look like it. And when you don't feel like it. And your mouth will deliver you. <laughs> but if you say, I can't get free. I'm addicted. I can't get free. I've tried everything. I've done everything. There's no help for me. It's hopeless. Then it is. If you say so. In the 21st chapter of Proverbs. Proverbs 21 and 23. Whoso keeps his mouth and his tongue. Keeps his soul from troubles. I know having walked with the Lord for a few years now and been privileged to know some of these things for a few years, the Lord will just prompt me. You'll be going along, something will come up, and the Lord will prompt me. Watch what you say about this. (laughs) Now, if I'm already talking, I'm late, right? But if I'm practicing checking to see what I should say before I say it, then the Lord's got an opportunity to do that with me and check me and say, watch, watch, watch what you say. And I just know in a moment of time, the enemy would try to cause me trouble here. But if I'll say the right thing, I'll just slam the door in his face <laughs> and open the door for the Lord to work for me. And I know in my heart that so many situations, the enemy was trying to set up something for me, problems in this And by the Lord helping me to say the right thing and not yield to that, not give place to it, we saved ourselves and our life from all kind of troubles that we just never had. And as uh, as the leader over the church here and over the ministry here, uh, the Lord will deal with me like sometimes talking to Phyllis or talking to some of the staff or somebody. You know, we'll just be talking and I won't be thinking about it. And then the Lord will prompt me, "Mm, watch that. That, that thing right there. And so I'll tell them. And, and, and it's not, not, not a matter of me jumping on them about their confession. I'm just saying, hey, watch this. Watch this area right here. Why? The Lord is showing us things to come. He's helping us to save our soul from troubles. How many like the idea of slamming the door in the devil's face? And no matter what he was trying to set up for you, you just give him no place. Give him no opportunity. And does it matter what's coming out of our mouth in regard to these things? How much does it matter? It's a matter of life and death. Scripture said so. Go with me, if you would, to the Psalms. Psalm 106, I believe it is. Psalm 106. And verse 32. This is talking about God's dealings with that first generation of Israelites that he brought out of Egyptian bondage, how he used Moses. And and it said that they angered the Lord at the waters of strife so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes. It went bad for Moses in this situation because of what they did and what Moses did. Verse 33, 
Because they provoked his spirit so that he did what? He spoke unadvisedly, the King James says, with his lips. And it went, it went bad for him. It went ill for him. Another translation, the God's Word translation says, Since they made him bitter so that he spoke recklessly. Why did he speak recklessly? Bitter, and we see anger was involved in this. The easy to read translation says, They upset Moses and he spoke without stopping to think. Recklessly. The, the complete English version. It says then Moses got into trouble. For speaking in anger. Now. It's commonly accepted that. People get mad and they get upset and they say stuff. That they didn't mean. And so they can just say well you know I'm sorry I didn't mean that. No big deal. We all say stuff that we shouldn't say. And this is an ungodly attitude. It is not okay for us to just yield to feelings and influences and say things and speak rashly and recklessly. And the more we know, the more the Lord holds us responsible and accountable for such actions. Now I know a lot of folk have said and done a lot of things in this area and seemed like it wasn't that big of a deal. It's only because of the mercy of the Lord and because he knows how ignorant people have been. And when people are spiritual babies and truly ignorant, it's just like you looking at a two-year-old saying something, you know, I hate you and I don't want to do this, a three-year-old, four-year-old. Well, that's not the same as your 18-year-old looking at you. And saying that. Or your 28 year old. It's a different thing. And so. Moses. Knew better. Than to do what he did. Let's go over to. uh, Numbers 20. And remind ourselves of what happened here. Numbers 20. And verse 1. Then came the children of Israel, the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh. Miriam died there, was buried there. Verse 2. There was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Now, is this the first time they've done this? No. I mean from the beginning. When Moses and Aaron showed up in Pharaoh's court and said, Thus says the Lord, let my people go. And not long after that, he made them produce their quota of bricks with no straw. And who did they blame? Moses. Aaron. And I mean, even though God protected them through all those plagues, And they got to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army is closing in on them. Who did they blame? Moses and Aaron. And when they got to the waters of Marah and they were bad and they couldn't drink them, who did they blame? Moses and Aaron. And when they didn't have enough to eat, who did they blame? Moses and Aaron. And so again, on this time, they're, not, they're out in the desert. They don't have enough water. So what do they do? <laughs> they blame Moses. And looking at the whole situation, you can see this has been wearing on Moses. And he's tired of it. He didn't ask for this job. He told the Lord, He was not the man he needed. He didn't want to do it. (laughs) But he did. And he's there. And God has done things for them that has never been recorded in in known history. He has worked miracles for them 
that nobody's ever heard of. They have seen the glory of God. They have seen the protection of God. They have seen the provision of God. They have seen a, a slave nation, a nothing people treated like cattle. They have seen God bring the mightiest nation on the earth to its knees and beg them to go away and give them all their money in the process. And yet, the first time the faucet slows down a little bit, what do they do? They blame Moses and Aaron. They blame Moses. They blame Moses. They blame Moses. And it is just made him bitter. He's tired of it. He's tired of them. Unthankful. Ignorant acting. Don't appreciate what God's done for them. Or what he's done for them. And so he and and Aaron go to the Lord. Read, Read the next verse there. What is it? Three or so. The people chode with Moses. And they said. Would God would have died. When our brethren died. Before the Lord. Verse four. Why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? Why did you, why have you brought us out here? Moses. That would be annoying. You were a slave days ago. They're beating you with a stick. Now you got money and fine clothes on your back. And a God who has selected you out of all nations and has taken you to the promised land. And this is how you talk. And this is how you act. Now let's just stop right here. We could say, yeah, but you know, they're just having a bad day. And they're just upset and they're just venting. Venting. Just venting. You know, that they don't really mean it. Tell God that. See how far you get with him on that. Tell him. God, I'm just finning. I, I don't mean it. You know my heart. You know I don't mean it. You uh, don't know him very well. Or you know he doesn't think that way. To him, words are extremely important. Every one of them. And he's not interested in adapting to our idea of words. We're supposed to adapt to his standard of words. Aren't we? And uh, keep reading. They chode with him. They said all that. They said, you made us come up out of Egypt. You made us leave Egypt. And you brought us into this evil place. There's no seed, there's no figs, there's no vines, there's no pomegranates, ain't even enough water to drink. Why'd you do this to us? Why? Verse 6. Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly. I think I would too. (laughs) They went to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. They fell on their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Mm-mm. Verse 7, the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, take your rod, gather the assembly, your assembly together, you and Aaron, your brother, speak to the rock before their eyes and it shall give forth his water and you shall bring forth to them water out of the rock. So shall you give the congregation and their beasts drink. Now we know amazing, miraculous things happened through Moses and through the ministry that God used him in leading the people. And this is one of them. And this is how it works. These words that change lives, that produce miracles, is not just something you thought up to say. You go to the Lord. You seek him about the situation. And he tells you what to say. Come on, are you listening to me, friends? And then if you'll go say... What he said, miracles will happen. And so the Lord told him what to say, what to do. Verse 9, Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. 
Verse 10. Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said to them. Hear now. You rebels. Must we. Fetch you some water. Out of this rock. Is that what the Lord told him to do? Verse 11. And so he lifted up his hand. And with his rod, he smote the rock. And he smote it again. And water came out. Abundantly. And the congregation drank. And the beast also. A spectacular miracle occurred. As Moses misses God. This is something that has been confusing to people sometimes. Just because God uses a man or a woman in miracles. That doesn't confirm everything in their life or everything that they have said or done. It's actually possible for God to do a miracle while somebody missed God because there were bigger issues at stake. But now Moses is in trouble. He's in trouble with the Lord. Serious trouble. Verse 12 The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. He said, because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Now sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Sanctify means to distinguish, to separate, to set apart. And they didn't do that. Moses knew better than this. What does he do? Here now, you bunch of rebels. Is he bitter? Is he mad? He's upset. And he's speaking rashly. He's speaking foolishly. Isn't he? Romans 2 says, whatever you judge somebody of, you are guilty of that. The same thing. What's he calling them? Rebels. What's he doing right now? He is rebelling against the commandment of God. While he's calling them a rebel. You bunch of rebels. Are we going to have to get what? We. We. we what's this we? We going to have to get water out of this rock for you? And he hit it. And he hit it. And the water came out. This is like he's doing it. Come on, do y'all see this? He's saying, are we, he's talking about him and Aaron. Are we going to have to do this? And he hit it. The Lord didn't tell him to hit it. This is so symbolic of what we're on right now. So many people are beating the issue instead of speaking to the issue. Aren't they? The Lord told us to speak to it and we're beating on it. You dumb thing, you, you, you better straighten up your messing up my life. I'm gonna beat you. He said, speak to it. Quit beating it and speak to it. Quit beating on it and quit cussing it and quit wrestling with it and wrestling with other people. Yeah, but I'm just so mad. Yeah, and it can cost you. I'm just so upset. So was he. And it cost him. It cost him. Look at Deuteronomy 3. Deuteronomy 3. This is Moses describing near the end of his time. You know, years elapsed after that incident. And the Lord used him in a number of ways. But then it comes there at the, the, the brink of where they should be going in. And he tries to talk to the Lord about this. Because what was he born for? What's his ministry? What's his call? To lead them out of bondage into the promised land. That's his call. That's why he was born. And in verse 
23, Deuteronomy 3, 23. He said, I besought the Lord at that time. This was much later on. He said, O Lord God, you've begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to your mighty works and according to your might? I pray you, let me go over. Let him do what? Is this what the Lord told him he wasn't going to do? Let me go over. And see the good land. You know, this is what we've been doing for years. This is where all this has been headed. This is why there are all the, the plagues and the deliverance and the splitting of the Red Sea and the crossing of the wilderness. It was all to get in there. Let me go. Let me see it. But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes and would not hear me. And the Lord said to me, let it suffice you, speak no more to me of this matter. Don't bring it up to me again. Is the Lord good? Yes, Yes, he's good. Does he forgive? Yes. Yes, he does. Now see, some people, they think if you forgive, it means you change. Just because you're forgiven doesn't mean you're still qualified. This is something people don't like to talk about. Because folks like to have the idea that they can say anything and do anything for as many times and it won't cost them anything. And it's just not true. Can you getting mad and you getting hurt and you getting upset and saying a bunch of stuff, could it cost you part of the plan of God in your life? It can. I know this is sobering. But if it's true, we need to be aware of it. And like I said, I know that people have said and done all kind of stuff in these areas. And it seemed like it wasn't that big of a deal. But I'm telling you, it is simply the mercy of God. Because we have been so ignorant and so immature. But Moses knew better. He has been in the glory of God. Hasn't he? He came down off of that mount. He had been in the glory so much. His skin shone like a light. He's held the tablets with the commandments written by the finger of God. And he's spoken things that altered the course of nations and and changed the earth. And set things into motion in perpetuity into the future. He knows better. And yet... In his anger and his resentment and bitterness, he said and did that, and it was it was too much. The, the Lord said, "No, you're not going in." He still loved him, he forgave him, but he did too much. He crossed the line. Do you understand this? Are we believing for the Lord to raise us up? So that our words carry more weight. And when we come into a place and we speak peace over it, peace will come and fill up the house and, and fill up the rooms and fill up the car. When we, we speak over people that are hurting and suffering and, and fever be gone and, and cancer die and tumor dry up and go away and it happens. Do we want that? Well, you can't have that without being responsible on the other side. Your words just carry more weight. Not just once in a while, all the time. And we've all made mistakes in these areas, but let's wake up to realize how serious God is about this speaking thing. Now here's something we we need to know. You will be tempted to say the wrong thing. Oh, will you be? What was going on with him? Why did he lash out like this? Why did he say these kind of things? Was the devil tempting him? Oh, yeah. The devil is bringing to his mind about how these people have been so such a burden and how unthankful and, and how everything. And he just thought about it too much. And, and it stewed in him. And the, in, the enemy was prompting him, poking him, provoking him to say it. And he said it. 
And he knew he shouldn't say it. And he did. And it cost him part of the plan of God in his life. Will the devil tempt you? Oh, come on. You won't have to think too far back that the devil has tempted you to say things that you knew you should not say. But do you have to yield to temptation? You don't have to. Is it important that you don't? Especially the more we know and as we grow. Oh, my. See, the the devil cannot just destroy your life. He can't just come in and still kill and destroy at his discretion. If he could, you wouldn't be here. None of us would. He'd have taken us all out long ago. You know why he hasn't already taken us all out? Because he can't. He can't. Unless he can get us to use our words against ourselves. If he can come and bring thoughts and feelings and tempt us and get us to talk death and talk hopelessness, it gives him a legal right to come in and work it. Just like when we talk faith and victory over our life, it gives the Holy Spirit a right to come in, doesn't it? But when you talk death and fear and rebellion and hopelessness, it gives the devil a right to come in. So he wants to destroy you. He can't just come in and destroy you. So what's he doing? He tries to provoke you. He tries to get you bitter. He tries to get you hurt. He tries to get you angry. He try, and tries, he'll work on it for months, for years. And just try to twist and pull. What's he trying? He's trying to get you built up inside until somewhere you explode. And you, you say death and you mean it. And when you do, he's got you. Because he's got a right to just come in and destroy and steal and kill. And the Lord, even though he loves you and there's many, is sent ministering angels to protect you, they just have to back up and watch. Because you said it. You confessed it, you claimed it, and you meant it when you said it. Can you see this, friends? Is it true that life and death is in the power of the tongue? Go with me, please, to uh, uh, Luke 4. Moses was tempted to say the wrong thing, and he yielded to that temptation, and it cost him. Here's another story of someone who was tempted to say the wrong thing. Luke 4, verse 1. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He returned from Jordan. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 2. Being 40 days, what? Tempted of the devil. In those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. I imagine so. After this length of time. He's hungry. He's really, really hungry. Starving hungry. And the devil said to him. Now we know the devil's tempting him. Scripture's already told us this is what's going on. And this is how, the first thing it mentions, in how he was tempting him. If you be the Son of God, do what? Command. That's speaking. Command this stone that it be made bread. He's tempting him to say something. Isn't he? Servant's not above his master. That's the way the enemy worked with him. That's the way he'll try to work, do with you. He'll tempt you to say something. Does Jesus believe in the power of words? Does he have faith in what he says? Then could he, is there opportunity, is it possible that he could speak to that stone and it would become bread and he could eat it and satisfy his hunger? It is. What, what would be wrong with that? Here you begin to see that even with the master himself, you don't just say anything. Even if it's going to meet a need. You don't just say anything that presents itself. He said, I only say what I hear the father say. And who is tempting him to say this? It's not this leading of the Holy Spirit. This is not the father. So what does he say instead? 
Jesus answered him and said, it is written. (laughs) It's always right to say this. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The Lord was not leading him to speak and command stones to be made bread. What the Lord prompted, what the Father prompted him to say was this. If he had spoken for the stones to become bread, he would have been violating light. He knew not to say that. And it would have been sin. But he didn't yield to it. I said he didn't yield to it. Doing it as a man, proving and showing, you don't have to yield to it. You can be tempted to say the wrong thing. How many believe he was really, really tempted? He's looking at that stone and he can already visualize a great, big, hot loaf of bread. And the devil said, just just say it. You know how to say it? Say it. Just say it. Just say it. Why won't you say it? Say it. You know you want to say it. Say it. (laughs) Oh, friends, can you see? Folks have not taken seriously the temptation to speak. There's temptation to say it. And oh, when you're mad, when you're hurt, when you're upset, bitter, it is not the time to be moving your lips. (laughs) Is it? Especially when God has used you in saying words of power and you know better. You can catch yourself in mid-sentence. You can get all worked up if you let yourself. And go, let me tell you one thing. God loves you. And so do I. And... And I'm going to leave now. I'm going and we, we'll talk another time. What if Moses had done that? Huh? What if Moses got up and said, You butcher! People! <laughs> now, now, don't you stop right there. What enabled me to do that just then? I paused. I paused. Somebody say he paused. I paused. And just that little bit of time would give the Lord opportunity hmm, to get a hold of me and go, don't you say that, don't you say that. You wait and say what I tell you to say. The benefit of being slow to speak and slow to get angry. Control yourself. Don't, don't be a baby. Don't be a carnal, fleshy, like an unsafe person. Control. You hear some stuff that irks you, that bothers you. Be, be intelligent. Just stop and go, now hold on. You don't know the whole story. Hold on. Besides that, don't be a hypocrite. Don't act like you never missed it. Don't act like you never messed up. Don't start talking. You don't know enough to talk. Be quiet. Listen. Watch. Ask questions. Sometimes you need to just be quiet for days about that situation. Don't mean you couldn't say anything. You could go, isn't it a nice day we're having? A little nippy, but. And when conversation loves, you don't know what to say. Help me out. What would you say? Thank you, Lord. The Lord is, is the Lord good or is the Lord good? I'm telling you, he has brought us through and wait on him to see what to say, how to see this situation. Never do you have to say a bunch of stuff because you got mad. Never do you have to say and do a bunch of stuff because you got upset. Never, ever. There's no excuse for it. There's forgiveness for it, but there's no excuse. We're saved people. Come on, help me out, friends. We are saved people. If we're born of the Spirit, 
Let's live in the Spirit. Let's walk in the Spirit. Not in the flesh. Not in the feelings. Jesus was tempted to speak to that bread. We know he was. The Bible says he was. What does tempted mean? His flesh wanted to say it. He was being pushed and pressed and pulled. It was wanting to be made bread. Be bread. Bread be. Great big hot fluffy. He's hungry. He's really, really starving hungry. Be. But he, he did not speak according to just what crossed his mind or what he needed or what somebody else suggested. He disciplined himself. Come on, can you see this? And he wouldn't say. And so he, he, he held himself and he didn't just start talking. And he checked his heart and he looked to the father. And the father told him, this is what you say about that. You say, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And he's made up his mind. I am not saying that. And he didn't. Isn't he your hero? Can you live like that? Is it possible for you and I to live this way? It is if we're willing. He'll help us. If we'll do it. Stand on your feet everybody. Let's pray a prayer. I'm convinced we ought to be very, very thankful that the Lord has had mercy on us concerning stuff that has come out of our mouths. He had mercy on us. Said out loud, Father God, I love you. I worship you. You are my God. You are my Father. I am your child. Thank you for saving me. Loving me. I confess. Your mercies. Are very great. Thank you. For sparing me. From the effect. Of some things I've said. In your great mercy. You knew I spoke ignorantly. And foolishly. And you had mercy on me. I ask you to forgive me. And I thank you for teaching me how to talk, how to wait on you, how to look to you. Thank you for setting a watch at the door of my mouth, alerting me, checking me, lest I say the wrong thing, and telling me in every situation the right thing, the good thing to say. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.